0: Hey, this is Jay from the Infinite Rabbit Hole, leaving a voicemail while listening to The Beast of Bray Road, Part 2, and you're listening to the Infinite Rabbit Hole.
1: In 1882, a woman by the name of Madeline Vinton Dahlgren would write a book by the name of South Mountain Magic. It was in this book that the uncanny reality of the mountainous areas of Maryland would be finally documented for the world to learn of. The likes of witches, wizards, paints, and creatures such as the Snallygaster and Pueo would finally escape the hills and hollows of South Mountain. Among these creatures, and many others, is one Cana that was so feared and respected in the 1800s that the people who called the South Mountain Area home thought of this creature as real any other in the woods. A creature not fully of the physical world, but rather one that can control its form in a way that had many mountaineers running for their lives, snapping in and out of existence, growing to enormous sizes, and snarling at its witnesses. Miss Dahlgren simply called it the Dog Fiend, but the locals eventually called it the snarly-yow. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, and welcome back to Paranormal Network. to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we're going to be diving back into South Mountain of Maryland, into another Maryland piece of folklore. Before we get into that, let's go ahead and announce our host for the day. Kid's gone. (gasps) Where is Kid? She's not here today. She said she wanted nothing to do with us. She (gasps) left, but she said she'll be back next week. So... (laughs) Jake, since you already chimed in, what's going on, man? How you doing?
0: Dude, I'm beat. Whitney had her uh, knee surgery last week. I've been taking care of her, running the house, doing all that sort of stuff. But I'm here and I'm ready to go.
1: Real man's man,
0: huh? Yeah. (laughs) Well, good
1: on you, man. You need to take care of her.
0: Mm -hmm. She matters more than you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She makes more money than me, so yes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> knee surgery is rough too that's yeah, a, she, a tough recovery
0: she had a yeah. knee replacement
2: Oof, she had a botched Louise.
0: surgery that like deteriorated her bone and destroyed her oh uh, my tendons, god and so she had to have yeah. a knee replacement so yeah oh
2: god i'm glad At that you're taking 31. care of her that sucks
1: <laughs> so she's yeah, home so. all day tomorrow then right yeah good i'm gonna <laughs> place mark with her all right moving on
0: man I, we've been home all all week <laughs> you haven't hit me up once what is this <laughs> trash?
1: <gasps> Moving on, like mm-hmm. I said, the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Jeff! How you doing, buddy?
3: Thank you. Tis my birthday. I am doing well, as everybody can see on the Paranormal Network. I am standing. Yes, I have <gasps> legs, and yes, they work. My knees are okay. I am standing because What's I've been sitting be? all day. Whoa, bro! <laughs> wow. right. that don't, was very of you. <laughs> don't take it personal, bro.
2: <laughs> You're gonna get Tanya Harding, dude. <laughs> like it's gonna happen now,' Just gonna
1: crack your knee open. <laughs> you done goofed
0: so I guess the uh the conspiracy that you had a mermaid tail is incorrect, but that doesn't mean you don't have reptilian legs, so That's ah, true. Mm-hmm, we can't see does. them, and yeah. I'm wearing long pants, so oh, oh, oh. you oh. shall never know <laughs> mm-hmm. do his knees bend backwards, scaly mm. reptilian legs <laughs> like. Yeah. Both-
3: But no, everything's good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm here. We're doing the thing. Shout out to Mystery Mike. I got my stickers from the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour today. Love the stickers.
1: Thanks, Mike. I also got my stickers a long time ago.
0: Yeah, like three weeks ago. Thanks, Mike. I'll
1: say say thank you to declassified (laughs) Dave because he sent them to me.
3: I messed up and put the wrong address, so he sent them to my neighbor. So my
0: neighbor got a bunch of weird stickers, and they're probably (laughs) like, what is going on? You know, I also got them from Dave. Yeah. Forget Mike. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Did Dave send them?
3: Yeah. Dave sent them. Excuse me,
0: Dave. Begging your pardon. Yeah, who's Mike? Thanks, Dave.
1: (laughs) Mike's just the guy (laughs) that came on. Shoot,
0: I get confused.
3: I listen to too much of the show. They just, all the voices blend together. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's move into like the excitement of the day, right? So let's get into our guest. Yes, we have a guest tonight. She is the owner and founder of the American Stanley Gaster Museum in Frederick, Maryland. Making her second appearance on the Infinite Rabbit Hole, I would like to welcome back Sarah Cooper and introducing her for the first time to the Paranormal Network.
2: Well, yeah, hi Sarah. i'm happy to be back i have a, a little cryptid with me here today um who did not want to go to sleep so we're trying to do our best
1: i did not do a uh a write-up for him i'm sorry
2: it's okay um his name's <laughs> mr beef he likes taking <laughs> markers out of a jar and throwing them on the ground uh and pizza ah that's yes. all you gotta know
1: hmm i do here. many cryptids <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of a typical cryptid thing: is is, uh, pens and cups and mayhem. Know, yes,
2: and mayhem. <laughs> mayhem.
1: <laughs> um. So, how you been? How's the museum going?
2: Uh it's it's going. We're still event only for the time being, and I had to cancel, uh, Jersey Devil Fable Fest because we had a COVID scare. So that was a bummer. But we're we're trying to come back from all that stress and be positive and. And move forward, I think uh, our next one is Whiteville UFO Fest, which we're really excited to do.
1: I was going to ask if that one passed already, because I knew that was next on your docket.
2: Yeah, it's June 11th. I can't remember. I think it's June. Yeah, June 11th. And we were sponsors of the event. So we got a logo up on their billboard and stuff. It was really neat. Nice. Yeah.
1: That's in Virginia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whitesville, Virginia? Mm
2: -hmm. Or Whiteville. Whiteville. W-Y-T-H-E. 11th. Yeah. It's like a Saturday.
1: Oh, oh yeah. No, this is totally coming out after that.
2: Oops. Yeah, too bad.
1: <laughs> so if you can time travel, go back to the 10th so you can get a hotel room in Weithsburg, Virginia.
2: <laughs> if you can time travel, go back to like 2008 and tell me to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. Preferably rather than go to a UFO festival. I would I would like that a little more.
1: <laughs> Tell me to start this podcast earlier. So I yeah. won't be stressed out about this hundredth episode coming up. This is this is ninety-five, by the way.
0: Dang just throwing out there. Yeah, pretty I Remember awesome. our, our uh inability to get episode one out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, true. we suck so bad. I think we still suck. <laughs> so Sarah, <laughs>
1: you actually weren't on you were on the show not too long ago for the mm-hmm. Gaster episode. How many flocks and drones of human beings did you get running up there to <laughs> Maryland to come buy Snelly Gaster stuff?
2: Um, not too many, unfortunately, <gasps> but but it's OK. They're all on the Internet. They're fine.
1: <laughs> oh, I, got, I got a cat <laughs> in my feet. Well, all right. You ready to start talking some? yow
2: Yeah, let's talk. yow.
1: Same thing as last time, Sarah. I'm just going to do the thing and then you're going to. Say, no, that was pretty dumb. And tell me what really happened. And we got through the whole intro without mentioning pogballing. Congratulations, guys. But
2: you did say it before you started recording. No,
1: no. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Anyways. If you guys want to know that joke, you have to go listen to the Stanley Gaster episode. Often called by other names, such as werewolf, black dog, and dog fiend, The Snarly Yow is another of our beloved phantom black dogs. With sightings in Maryland and parts of Virginia and West Virginia, the Snarly Yow has been around for many generations. Old Yow is described as being an all-black canine creature that is said to always be snarling at those that witness it. Glowing red eyes, sharp teeth, a red mouth, and a bad attitude all come in the package as well. The territory that the Snarly Yow has been seen in is an area of the country rich in history of bloodshed and hatred. The Civil War was fought on this land. A monster born from the history of bloodshed and the lore of the Appalachian Mountains, the Snarly Yow gets its name from the posture it takes when spotted. Snarling at its targets with its teeth clenched together and lips pulled back accompanied by a long, deep yowl that seems to reverberate through your body. Witnesses describe a pitch-black wolf-like creature of incredible size and attitude, growling at those that cross its path, emanating an offensive posture and its hackles erect, and positioning itself for attack. And like other black dog legends, it can simply just disappear. But unlike other subjects of the black dog phenomenon, the Snarly Yow is even known to stand up on its hind legs and run like a man. But this could also be witnesses getting Two different creatures mixed up as the Snarly Yow shares the area with a dogman-like creature known as the Dwayo. One other detail that is quite different from other black dog legends is that the Snarly Yow has been seen in white as well as black, and has even been seen changing its color between the two from a small handful of witnesses. So how did I do, Sarah? On introducing the Snarly Yow.
2: I like it, and I like that we already got to the fact that it changes colors. There's an interesting thing with that color change. Uh, so that sighting where this snarly yow was white, um, they also – it was a – goodness gracious. Sorry. It was in Zittlestown, <laughs> which is on um, Route 40 coming off of South Mountain where a lot of – oh, my word. Where a lot of stuff happens, a lot of creepy sightings. And so that sighting in 1962 in Zittlestown was this white dog, and it was headless, and it was dragging a chain which is actually a mix-up of two stories from South Mountain Magic. There's a story of a prospector who um, basically ripped off his neighbor by moving some landmarkers over, and then he died. And his punishment when he died was to – he was carrying his own head, carrying, like, the uh, rock that was moved like the cornerstone, and it's burning hot in his hands, and he's dragging, like, the prospector chains with him up and down the mountain – so I think they kind of mixed that together because those stories were all word of mouth and that's how we got this very weird 1962 sighting. Um, and I think it's it's kind of cool because I don't see a lot of uh, dog werewolf stories where they change colors and suddenly don't have a head. So it's like, huh, cool. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we'll get into Ziddle and uh, Zittletown Town a little bit too. Good. But uh, absolutely. What do you guys think so far? Sounds so- scary. I love you, Jeff. It does. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's, let's move on then. Thank you, Sarah. I,
2: <laughs> I had to turn around. So what I heard was scary. What about you, Jeff? Dogs? So I'm not <laughs> sure what just happened, but I like it. That's true. It is scary dogs. You said it. You said it. Said it. Scary brings, dogs.
0: It like shows its teeth Yeah. And it releases a yowl what type of yowl are we talking about here is it like a like a yowl or is it like a yow? <laughs> like
2: that was well, a little bit erotic i don't know yeah. about that one
0: i don't know i, I haven't <laughs> really heard much about the story i mean we keep going over this thing let's be honest it's probably true um, <laughs> like We keep talking about werewolves and black dogs and all these different various kinds i mean kinds or types so i mean it's I just mixed both of those words up. That was pretty cool. Um, there's probably some realism to it somewhere.
1: <laughs> so I totally failed to explain to Sarah what this episode is. This episode is actually part four in our Phantom Black Dog series.
2: Oh, cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you guys have done like the black shuck and stuff then, right? Yes, yes. Okay, awesome.
1: So uh, we did fake. part one, 1. <laughs> 1.5, part two, which will be released sometime soon. Well, way before this episode comes out. And then this is technically part three slash four. So, yeah. Plus five, six, and seven ready to go whenever I can get my guests. So, everyone is completely bored of these black dogs now.
0: Ugh, we hate it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, I need to get Sarah. We need to spice this up a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. There it that's is. what it there sounds it is, like. Jake. Oh. Like oh, like a like oh, a yeah. death whistle. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would like it if it sounded like a banshee. That would be so creepy.
0: <laughs> I blew the death whistle in the the last uh, black dog <laughs> episode we have. I have one of these uh, Aztec death whistles up here on my on my shelf. Did it work? Great. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. All right, moving on.
1: <clears throat> Something familiar. The Snarly Yow may have some slight different lore around it than other black dogs from around the world, but there is plenty about it that is familiar as well. Other than having the general look of a phantom black dog, the Snarly Yow also has some habits that it shares with its brethren. The creature is known to block pathways, run at extremely fast speeds, scare animals, and physically affect the environment. It also seems to be impervious to attacks by rocks, sticks, and bullets. Due to when someone attempts to attack the creature, the weapon of choice simply passes right through it without causing any harm whatsoever, just like in other black dog legends. This ghostly canine is also known to be an omen of death to come as well, with lore of people succumbing to their deaths days or weeks after their encounters with the Snarly Yow. And although there are outlying stories of other phantom black dogs that cause harm or even death to their witnesses, The Snarly Yao once again follows suit by not having any direct deaths or injuries caused by the creature itself, although there was an account of a man who suffered a broken collarbone for being thrown by his spooked horse after encountering our subject. And yet again, the Snarly yow is also known to be a protector of sorts, by purposely causing its witnesses to divert their path, either temporarily or permanently, to protect some unknown force ahead on their path tear apart sir. go ahead
2: so i like that idea and then i like that it you know the that it's taken you off a path so it's kind of got this like morrigan vibe like it's deciding who lives and who dies and it's like leading you one way or the other um i'm gonna say i'm gonna just talk some smack about daniel messick the man who was thrown from his horse (laughs) Um, in this story. He tried to kick the dog for like no reason. And I'm like, you know, it's one thing if you if it's attacking you and you threw something at it, but like I'm picturing that he was just like, you know, being kind of a rude person. So I have no sympathy for him and his collarbone.
1: Yeah, you deserve that.
2: Yeah, don't Mm -hmm. kick dogs, even ghostly ones. It's very rude. Yeah, Yeah, it's mean. Mm -hmm.
0: What a scumbag. Daniel yes. Messick
2: and your whole family has spit on you. They probably still live in Maryland. They're probably your like... family. Your whole family. They work the at the Wawa generation. down the road. They're <laughs> mad at me.
0: I guess we're not
1: going to the Snelly Gaster Museum.
2: <laughs> I guess we'll take our business elsewhere. Probably. That's fine. Fuck them.
1: <laughs> Goodness. Comments from you two gentlemen.
3: Yeah, so none of the weapons used against this thing has ever, like they, you said, it just passes through them, right? So I'm wondering we should try a new weapon and it should be Jake's new
0: mustache because I guarantee you that that thing will have an effect. More Telling of a beast. deterrent, yeah.
2: <laughs> How do you weaponize People a mustache? run
0: away from Bog-balling. the hideousness of this mustache.
2: Cogball. <laughs> 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 a WMD, dude. Weapon of mustache destruction. <laughs> you better watch out like i like you, it i think, it I think he would do this like i think you do that and then you like like have to touch the thing with it but you really gotta like like <sighs> grab your mouth out to get it to work because so you can try it now
3: well i have we'll a wait. theory the theory is you know let's say none of the bullets have harmed this thing none of them have hit this thing maybe because it's not real
1: <clears throat>
3: hey hey <gasps>
0: hey it's just we're not we're him, not Sarah. doing we're that all right him, just him, thought.
3: i'm just throwing it out there
0: you just you just took sarah's life worked and hucked it right in the dumpster
2: Jeez, <laughs> you no know, you know if you guys come out here what we're gonna do is i'll take you up to dahlgren chapel which is terrifying it's on south mountain and madeline vinton dahlgren is actually interred underneath the chapel so Inter- you can tell that to her zombie when it comes out to get you at night yeah you can tell I'm her good. it's not real
3: I'll stay behind. You guys report back. <laughs> no, you have to
0: go now.
2: You have to go. I'll Make do me... it.
0: I ain't scared of no ghosts. Jake's not scared. She's a
2: zombie, though. and She's a ghoul. Oh.
0: Yeah. Or ghouls.
2: I don't know. I'm kind of scared of them.
0: <laughs> <sighs> that mustache will be there. Look, I just haven't shaved, all right? I'm on leave. So, I like so it. Don't trying... It looks good, bro. It's going it's to so <gasps> be gone bye, bye, bye. the day before my leave ends. No. Whitney's like, you got to grow out your mustache. I'm like, nope, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I'm with like Whitney, it. dude. Leave it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's solid. It's a solid solid, solid 8.7.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so there's never been someone... That, let me make sure I, I got this right. There's never been someone that's been physically harmed by the Snarly Yow, Right. As far or from my sources, no. Sarah might have better sources. Well,
2: so I'm gonna say no. No one has lived to tell the tale. Maybe somebody got dragged off and eaten, and Mm. we—how would we ever know? Where do the stories come from then? The people who didn't get eaten. Duh. (laughs) Where all stories come from? Jeez. The
1: ones—the ones that didn't become ghost dogs. You're right. How stupid of me to ask that question.
2: They're (laughs) just—they become dog poo poo in the woods. Hi. (laughs)
0: You ever seen mm. white dog poop?
2: Don't get me started.
0: Oh, that's Listen. from Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm
2: going to, I literally get so upset about this. It's like my biggest thing where I'm like, it used to be white. And like everyone's like, no. And I'm like, I know it was.
1: Yeah. I no, know it def- was. Def- everyone's was.
2: lying to me. It's okay. I'm glad you know. Oh, I know I've it was. Yelled I've about it. this many times.
1: Seen it. Dogs <laughs> used to have cloacas,
0: dogs used to lay <laughs> eggs. <laughs>
2: Dogs yeah. still lay eggs. You guys don't. Ha- when was the last time you guys watched a dog give birth? How do you know whether they lay eggs or not?
3: I thought you were going to ask when was again. the last time we laid eggs. And I was going to be like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that too. Well, you because you're a reptilian. But those two, I don't know.
1: <laughs> nope. Just hogs.
0: <laughs> yep. He's Hog got his eggs. nest in his closet back there. Ew, all right, it all smells
2: right. like hamsters. <sighs>
1: <laughs> Moving on. Let's go. A little bit of history. <clears throat> Major appearances by the creature were in the 1800s, early 1900s, and even as recently as the 1970s. Of course, there have been minor appearances since and between these years, but the presence of the beast was definitely known during these time periods. And during these time periods, no places felt the pressure of its presence more than the area around South Mountain, Maryland, in the towns of Hagerstown, or Hagerstown,
2: It's Hagerstown. It's Hagerstown.
1: Hagerstown, okay. Hagerstown and Boonesboro, as well as the small town of Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. It is said that during these times, it was found that the snarly yow is repelled by the usage of specific religious connotations, such as the practice of hanging an open pair of scissors by the front door of your house. The scissors are left open to create the form of a cross, which is believed to be a warning to the beast to stay away. To understand a little more about the possible origins of the snarly Yow, we need to take a look back to the original settlers of the South Mountain region of Maryland. There were many people that came over to the New World from other countries across much of Europe, but one area of Europe flooded South Mountain more than any other. That's right, the area with the richest history of phantom black dog sightings in the world, the British Isles of England, Wales, and Scotland.
0: Scissors. Say it, scissors i was just listening i was he's just like shaking. It. i was just shaking my head i was like
2: why Does waste he... a
0: pair of scissors when you can get two sticks
2: <laughs> just, no just like... this is why the scissors because it's i it could be part of the fae. that's part of how you ward off the fae. that's part of how you tell if your child is a changeling or you prevent a changeling from switching bodies with them you would hang scissors above their crib so that gives <laughs> Yeah, which is super safe. Good job, and if, Ireland.
0: And stab them, then you know that they were the then devil spawn. Then you know they
2: were the devil spawn. <laughs> but no, like the scissors, because, you know, the Fae are repelled by um, iron. So back then, that would have been what they're made out of. So that gives me so much credence to the fact that it's a member of the Fae. It's like an ultra terrestrial. And then it's being drawn to battle sites is more of like that Morrigan Fae energy where, like, they're drawn to. Violence, or they're drawn to conflict and stuff like that. Um, so I'm glad that you brought up the scissor thing because they could have just used sticks.
0: Well, then, well, everything was made of iron back then, even the sticks. So, I mean, they could have used yeah, iron the sticks, stick. they could have, they could have no, used no, everything nails. was made of wool. Oh, everything wool.
2: was made of wool, <laughs> even people, squatch wool. Jeez. I'd like Goat to see that.
0: Wool. It sounds like. It sounds like every other, um, like pre-America sort of um devil superstition, like everything, everything had something to do with the demons. So everything had to be, you know, ha- have a superstitious note to it. So it just sounds like another one of those things. And everyone I, I mean, was
2: Zach Baggins back then. What's that? All of everyone was Zach Baggins back then.
0: It was all Zach Baggins
2: all the time. He thinks everything's a demon. That's his oh, whole stick. So
0: but anyway. Oh well. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, CJ used to call me out for that. But anyway, I I don't disagree with them, but I think that using, you know, things that we make or iron or some sort of crystal or element or blah 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 blah. It's just all, you know, ancient superstition. But it's just it sounds like just another one of those sorts of things.
1: So I'm guessing back then they they might not even have been scissors as they were like sheep shears or like uh, some sort of uh, farm tool rather than scissors. I could be absolutely wrong. Sarah, you know anything about that?
2: I think it's more likely that it was like a farm tool because I don't think I, I can't imagine why the average person would have a spare pair of scissors in their home. It seems like that would be kind of an expensive thing. So maybe it was like you used one or the other. I'm not really sure, like exactly, but it, you know, given like that, the time period and the economic state of most people that lived there, it doesn't really make sense that they just have extra stuff laying around.
1: It's not like Mm -hmm. you could just walk down to the corner and go to your Walgreens or Walgreens. Walgreens. Walgreens a south mountain joke there for you guys <laughs> what was the
3: time frame we're talking about again here
2: uh it's like late 1700s through 1800s uh, for like okay. the big and then you know
3: slightly
1: into
2: the honestly
3: i i think sometimes and again you know i'm the crazy one so my opinions will change day to day on this but sometimes i think that you know a few hundred years ago there was a lot of crazy like cryptids or monsters running around and that's why a lot of these stories you know, came about. Whereas today, I think it's just the folklore kind of carries on. But if you go back a couple hundred years ago, like totally could have been some wild stuff that was happening.
1: I was talking to somebody at work about this and they brought up an interesting idea. And I, you know, I'll just throw it out there. See what you guys think. This person asked, why don't we get so many cryptid sightings now? And I was like, Hmm. Well, I mean, we do, but technically we just get like most 90% Bigfoot, 9% Dogman, and 1% everything else, right? It's just not a lot. And he's like, well, do you think that just like bears and elk and everything else that maybe we just expanded too much and encroached on their environment too much? And or, you know, is it something that we just kind of grew out of? Like, it's like a, a sense that we lost due to our laziness and, and whatever. We just can't recognize them anymore. And I was like, hmm that that's actually a cool question. Let me uh let me ask my my show one day. And here it is. Let's let's ask that question. So what do you guys think? Why is it that uh, we see less cryptids? Like, let's say this. Is really, yeah, right. There's no modern very, like. I mean, I guess there might be a few. I don't know, Sarah. You could probably tell me I'm wrong there or right. But why would there be less modern sightings than there were back in the 80s?
2: Teddy Roosevelt, dude. Teddy Roosevelt, when he made the national parks. He relocated all the cryptids to the national parks.
1: We have talked
2: about that. Yeah, and everyone that works for the Smithsonian is a man in black. So Jeff. That's (laughs) literally...
1: Just
2: like,
1: yes. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's true. Go ahead, Jeff. Say things.
3: Yeah, no, no. She, she's, she's,
0: uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree.
2: <laughs> good old Teddy.
1: Uh, good old Teddy. What do you think, Jake?
0: Um, I somewhat agree. So I look at every cryptid from the angle of it being a possible flesh and blood thing versus a spirit or something right um unless it's a demon in any case i uh i have to look at what we did as human beings to this nation in the very early stages when it came to hunting so before there were um wildlife um whatever you know, when you have to go get a hunting license and all that sort of stuff and you get your deer tags and everything, you're going to go deer hunting or elk hunting or whatever it was. We dang near hunted like this country, like the the natural animals in here, the, the game animals, we dang near hunted them to extinction. So if I'm going from the angle of like most of these things, maybe at one point were flesh and blood creatures, say there was a giant wolf out there or something like that and maybe they're just really difficult to kill um which could lead into this whole like oh yeah they just you know nothing can touch them and passes right through or you know folklore spawns from that but if we destroy all of their natural food sources or most of them it i i really don't know what you know when we killed off almost all the elk and all the deer what it did to the bear and the uh, wolf populations i do know that more recently we had to bring in um gray wolves back into midwestern states because they were pretty much decimated from those areas um so i'm sure it had some effect and then but then the you know bringing a in the, uh, the forestry service and the wildlife management and all that kinds of stuff, uh, to preserve and then boost the populations of these animals. And then also the construction of these, you know, uh, was it protected areas, you know, hundreds of miles of, you know, forest in the United States that's, uh, completely protected and closed off areas that you can't go into so I think that there is some level of possible fact, I guess, or, or truth that comes to that that statement that, you know, they're, we could have killed off a lot of them just because we decimated their prey, but then making these giant, massive, you know, areas of land where they could repopulate themselves, but in a protected environment where no one's around to really see them or mess with them or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, And on the other side of that, I think that the reason why, you know, if, if it's not the angle of that they're real and they're real flesh and blood animals, I think that we're just less superstitious. You know, there's not many things that go bump in the night that we're really freaked out about. You know, you ask the average person if something bangs around in their, in their, house somewhere in the middle of the night they're not gonna think oh my gosh it's a ghost they're gonna say someone broke into my house right we're more aware of what's around us and with the possible things that can exist and can't exist or should exist and shouldn't exist right we're not wrapped up in extreme superstition anymore we can use flashlights to see in the dark we're not like oh the sun went down i guess the monsters are out right we can just shine our phone and be like nope nothing there um, at least from what we can see. So I think that there's more information, more understanding of of how the world works, and then also the angle of, you know, if these were real, what could we have possibly done by destroying every animal that, mm-hmm. that we could possibly eat? Be like, wow, these things are made of meat. Let's kill all of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what happened to the plane. Well, not all of them, but the plane's bison, pretty much. Sure, yeah almost went extinct because those
0: mountains of skulls and stuff you know that you can you can see in the black and white photos it's absolutely atrocious but you know until the what we know today of wildlife you know management all that sort of stuff came about um it was just free range for whatever you wanted to do you know however many you want to kill all that sort of stuff so yeah
1: hey everybody bear with us while we take this quick break, John. Um, what about you, Jeffrey?
2: Yeah, Jeffrey.
0: Jeffrey. Jeffrey.
3: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> it's probably a mix between what Jake just said, and also like I do think that there's a level of our. How do I want to phrase this? Like s- things have been happening, in my opinion, over the last like hundred years or so, where they've. Utilized technology and like, scientism, right, my favorite word. And they've actually like made it almost impossible for us to perceive things that we used to perceive, right? Like, I think that truly as humans, we were able to do things superhuman like at one point, right? And that includes things like seeing partially to the other side, right? Other dimensional beings and things like this. So like, I think that all of that has just, we've been so dumbed down by everything that maybe we've just lost the ability to actually see some of these things that may or may not have been in this three-dimensional world. Maybe it was somewhere in between, and now we just can't see it anymore.
1: Like a loss of a sixth sense kind of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. I love
2: that. I think that uh, technology definitely blew, like did a big blow to the collective unconscious and our ability to perceive things and connect with other people, and it just gets hey. worse and worse and worse as time goes on, but it definitely can apply to supernatural creatures or whatever we want to call them, ultra terrestrials, John Keel style. Um that's why you used to see them a lot more. And now people are so like, think about like UFO settings that went up during COVID because people Kieran, because people were not looking up at the sky. They were at work and da 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 and then people were home and they're looking up. Like a lot of stuff just gets missed because you just don't care anymore. So I think that makes sense completely about why we're not seeing cryptids.
1: He sounds like he's destroying
2: no, he's it's. There's hey, a ghost behind her. He's just um, <laughs> he's like, so our doors have the original like locks from the 1700s. So they're really heavy, and he's just like, like kind of messing with the door, and the lock's not quite catching, so it's like loud. Smash, smash, smash!
3: little cryptid. You, you said it.
0: <laughs> Mr. Beef is still in the show. What do you think, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, no I no one's ever asked you that before. I know.
1: <laughs> well, I totally am on board with Sarah when it comes to the National Park system. I've said that plenty of times. I, I think there's some really fishy shit going on with the National Park system. Um and there's definitely a reason why 90% of every national park we don't have access to, if not more than 90%. Um but and I I don't know cuz I'm I'm such not a woo guy, right? But the more you look into this stuff, it's like Okay, this is either complete BS or there's woo. It, it, flesh and blood just kind of gets pushed out, right? And uh, so I I don't know, man. I'm I'm undecided, honestly. It, it's a mixture of what everyone was saying, and I'm not going to come up with an original answer here. So I'm just going to skip and say ditto. Ditto, ditto,
0: ditto. <laughs> ditto to all of you, your disagreeing arguments. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yes, same you. All, although <laughs> you all disagree, I agree with all of you. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's 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 actually talk about the snarl of the out for a second. All right. Uh, We did that one. Moving on, moving on. Sometime in the 1800s, a man by the name of William L. was traveling along National Pike on his way to the cabin in which he lived with his family near Glendale, Maryland. At around 10 p.m., he encountered a very large and ugly black dog just outside of Glendale. As William got closer to the animal's position, the dog made its way into the middle of the road, as if it were attempting to prevent him from passing through. William began attempting to scare it off by throwing rocks, but according to William, the rocks passed right through the animal. Then, William began to walk faster, and the animal grew longer until it eventually covered the width of the entire road. Snarly Yow stared at William and began to snarl. William believed he was going to be attacked, so he attempted to punch the dog, but his fists went right through the animal and caused no reaction by the snarly yow. Soon after he began to try to fight the beast, it simply just walked off into the tree line and disappeared. William continued home without any other hiccups. Now, we all know many other accounts of these phantom black dogs where they momentarily block your path as a way of protecting you from something. Even though William had no other issues that night, do you think that the Snarly Yow was simply protecting him from something else? Remember, the likes of the Dwayo, Snallygaster, Bigfoot, sheep squatch, and Devil Monkeys have been spotted in this general area and around this time frame what do you guys think
2: i okay so just you could be saved from something and never know right like you have that right. multi-dimensional theory that like something splits off you went somewhere else maybe it was the snarly yow got involved so just you may not even know what you were kieran for goodness sakes what you were saved from so he doesn't necessarily have to have a a close call kind of story but I think it's interesting. There's one other in this area. There's the D.C. demon cat um, that's, like, spotted in uh, Congress that becomes really big and, like, jumps at you and then disappears. And it's been spotted before, like, national tragedies. So I kind of want to just throw him in there, even though he's not a dog. He gets a spot. Hmm.
1: So what are you guys? I mean, this is something that we've seen in other black dog uh, stories, too, right? Where this animal steps out and blocks you. Like, let's take, for example, uh, I don't know, the, I can't remember the exact exact name, but the, the one who was riding his bicycle and came mm-hmm. across what he thought was Black Shuck. And Black Shuck was just simply growling at him, and he got off his bike because he was getting ready to fight it, remember? Yeah. And uh, a dog or a car came through the bushes behind the dog and almost ran him over. If he didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, if he wasn't off of his bicycle in time for that car to come through, if the dog wasn't there forcing his his actions, he would have been toast by a drunk Mm -hmm. driver. So what do you guys think?
3: So this actually would make sense going back to my theory on the last little bit, right? Like we don't have that perception, that sixth sense anymore. But, you know, if you take into account, like. Instances of extreme fear or shock or trauma, like in the moment, it's possible that you get a glimpse of that sixth sense again without even realizing it. Like your subconscious somehow unlocks that ability for a split second. So maybe you do get a glimpse of something in this ultra terrestrial, you know, realm, right? And then boom, the car comes through the bush, right? Like that kind of makes sense to me.
1: Right on. Real quick, I'm going to jump into another encounter. Uh, This is probably one of the more famous ones.
0: Now, Jake Uh, doesn't get a say? Okay. Oh, no. No.
1: I'm sorry. I thought you did. Go ahead. Jake, what do you think?
0: Oh, I don't have anything. Go ahead.
1: Okay, good. Thank you.
0: Really? I took his answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jeff took my answer.
1: Sorry, Jake. (laughs) We'll start with you next time. A man only referred to in George Dudding's book, The Snarly Yow, as Mr. W., was a man of impeccable markmanship. One day, he was walking along the National Pike when he encountered the snarly gal crossing the road in front of him. When the dog noticed Mr. W. in the road, it turned towards him, showing its teeth, and let out an aggressive growl. Mr. W. grabbed his rifle off his shoulder and took aim at the beast, and at close range, fired a dead, accurate shot right into the monster dog. But as he watched his shot, Seemed to drive right through the dog with absolutely no effect. He became shaken at the possibility of his rifle not being able to protect him from this gigantic and angry mutt. He reloaded and fired another shot at the beast, only to get the same reaction. Nothing. Then went on to repeat doing so. He had fired a few more times with absolutely no effect. The realization of his situation sent his brave, sure-shot mountain man running in the other direction for his life. On the north side of U.S. Route 40, there is an information plaque that has a few tidbits about the snarly-yow and is easily available for all of the public to see. On this plaque, the story of Mr. W. is included in a light blue block on the right side. She's smiling.
2: Say thanks, Sarah. My kiddos is making so much noise. Um, Yeah, that plaque is super cool. Um, It's right by Dahlgren Chapel and right across the road from South Mountain Inn, which was Madeline Vinton Dahlgren's summer home where she wrote South Mountain Magic. And you kind of go down and then you have Zittlestown. It's a really spooky area. Like, it's terrifying. Um, I've been up there many times and, like, being up there, like – as the sun's going down is really unsettling. You can just feel this like oh, like creepy presence coming off the mountain. Uh, so like, it makes total sense why all these scary things happen there, but it's, it's really fun to like drive past and see people looking at it. Like they think it's going to be a civil war battle information sign. And it's about like cryptids. It's, it's always really fun for me to watch people <laughs> reading it.
1: That's cool. What do you think Jacob? I don't know. Okay. Jeff, this is your turn to get skipped. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, this one's short. Now, I don't normally like to include encounters if I cannot find a name or some other details, like a date or a specific location at least. But this one was so different that I thought that I just had to share it. One man from South Mountain area came about the Snarly Yow prancing around one day so he took out his large axe and swung it at the creature, cutting the animal in half. He was shocked when the two halves of the Snarly Yow began prancing around independently before joining back together and letting out a loud growl at the man. Then the Snarly Yow turned, leaped over a church, and
0: vanished. The end. Fake. Clearly this guy didn't get the memo that weapons don't hurt it, so either... Everyone that's saying, oh, yeah, I shot it and I punched it and I tried to fight it and all that stuff. Either they're lying or this guy's lying. And I would say that it sounds like this guy's lying, considering that there's way more stories in the uh, of the opposite. Now,
2: I'll tell you how, you know, he's lying. It doesn't become two halves. It's like an earthworm, dude. It becomes two snarly yows. Everybody knows that. That guy's foolish. Uh-huh. Freaking <laughs> foolish, dude.
0: What Everybody knows that.
1: Right, Jeff? What an idiot. Yeah. You know what that, that story reminded me of? Um, hmm. No shit. When I was reading it, I was like, this reminds me of the story where uh, in in the Snelly Gaster episode where the guys at the train station were uh, were fighting this this
2: Yeah, ridiculous. In Emmitsburg <laughs> And one of them's overalls came off and he was naked. Come on. Don't.
1: <laughs> you weren't fighting this thing for an ridiculous. hour. Ridiculous. And, and then Sarah, in the episode, she goes, oh, he was fighting a dragon of some <laughs> sort.
2: <laughs> 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 he was fighting a dragon for sure, one-eyed dragon. Absolutely, so ridiculous. Yeah, this um, this gnarly yow like cut in half. I also need to know: did the story specify was it like width-wise or length-wise? Because that matters to me.
0: This is complete horseshit. It's a pretty strong axe blow, too. Yeah, man. Right? Was it Paul it was Bunyan? A big it
1: no, <laughs>
2: he was like. <laughs>
1: nameless maybe
2: maybe it was paul bunyan it, he's it the only one that it. have a big enough axe.
1: the book literally didn't say it wasn't paul bunyan so
2: it was fact oh
0: shoot yeah so and by those standards that could have been like i don't know teddy yeah. roosevelt
2: yeah. <laughs> could have been anybody it was Lizzie <laughs> i don't know
0: who
1: that is
2: we're just gonna make wild accusations it was jack the ripper yes.
1: You know what? Let's let's put this on a uh, a celebrity. Let's oh, let continue. Oh, Tom Cruise. Gibson. No, I like. Oh Tom yeah, walk oh, Tom Cruise. Yes, Tom Cruise goes Dude, around slapping ghost dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's history of it.
1: <laughs> We're gonna start start this rumor. Everyone started a hashtag. Tom Cruise slaps dogs with with X. Well,
2: he does go. something weird with fish, so I don't want to get into it.
1: He also goes on to navy ships and and treats everybody like scum. So that makes sense.
2: I can We well, yeah.
0: enlisted our scum. We deserve it. <laughs> we are scum. We're dirty,
1: trashy, pods.
2: dirty scum well, pod balls.
0: Yeah, all over <laughs> <the> enlisted <laughs> scum.
1: Yeah, scumbags. <laughs> Hear that, Jeff? You need to enlist so you can become a scumbag. I'm good. Okay. All right.
3: <laughs> Appreciate the offer, though. This
1: is I another, thought about it. Another for, uh, uh, short one. Actually, you know what? This is literally the one that uh that Sarah was talking about. That dog, I dog kicker. Out. So we're going to just completely skip over the white yow.
2: I mean, because... we could slander the dog kicker, though, if you want.
1: Uh, okay, well, here we go. This is what I have for it. And then Sarah can, can chime in, because I don't think I had the whole story here then. Mm-hmm. So in George, D- George Dudding's book, The Snarly Yow, he tells a story of a woman from Zittlestown that had a run-in with a white version of the Snarly Yow when she was 15 years old on the intersection of U.S. Route 40 Alternate and Zittlestown Road. She was with her 16-year-old cousin, and it was just after dark in 1962 when the two teenagers saw what looked to be a white and translucent dog. She described the dog as looking headless and wearing a collar and chain, even though the dog was a good distance away. They could tell the chain-slash-leash was metal because of the sound it was making while it was dragging along the pavement.
0: How did, how did they know it was a dog if it didn't have a head? Yeah. Could have been a big fox or wolf. It could have been a could raccoon. Have been. Could have, yeah. Could it have been a said,
1: It said dog on the side of it, duh.
0: <laughs> the head. It
1: was, a, it was a video game, and it, it, its life bar was above it. It and said its dog. Name was dog. Yeah. Okay. No head to dog. That's what it Old said. doggy
2: no head. There he Old goes. Old
1: doggy no head. <laughs>
2: That's going to be the wrap. So we've got the Snarly Yow and Old Doggy No Head, and it's going to be like the hottest track of the year. I'm really excited.
1: Jeff's going to throw it down. Yep. on spaghetti.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look at him. Uh, whoever made it this far into the episode is laughing right now. Good. They okay. should get a prize. Not, not much to talk about here, so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Dudding also tells a story of a man from 1976 that was driving near Boonesboro, Maryland. When he suddenly saw a dog in his headlights, the man slammed on his brakes, but was too late. Even though he felt no impact, he was sure he hit the poor animal. After the man stopped his car, he got out to see if the animal was in any shape to help and assess the damage of his car to his amazement. There was no body in the road and there was absolutely no damage to his car. Just as he was beginning to feel better about the whole situation, he heard a low growl come from behind him. When he turned around, he locked eyes with a massive black dog that was walking towards him around the backside of his car. The creature was growing more and more with every second that went by. The man jumped in his car and locked all of the doors and turned on his ignition. The dog bent down to look into the driver's side window and locked eyes with the man once more. This time, letting out a deafening howl the man shifted the car into gear and took off as fast as he could, never looking back. This encounter is one that seems to repeat a lot. I do not want to dilute these stories with ones that literally tell the same thing, plus or minus a few minute details. Just know that once the invention of the motor vehicle came around, the most common incident involving the yaw was it being hit with a car and causing absolutely no damage. And the dog was seen shortly after the incident, snarling at the witnesses, before it disintegrated into nothing. And trust me, when I say many, I mean, there was a lot of these stories. Go, tear it apart.
3: Yeah, I don't know, man. It sounds too much like the perfect movie scene. You know? Ooh, yes. Like it's somebody just saw a movie and was just like, yeah, man, that happened to me too.
2: Yeah. And that's a common sleep deprivation thing too when you're driving and you think you see something <laughs> in the road. So like, I don't know if it was a snarly-yow. It's probably just, they were just tired.
1: That is a good point. Because there, th- this is something that uh, that gets brought up a lot in the black dog folklore. Go ahead, Jake. I know you got something.
0: Well, I was going to say that this guy's obviously never hit anything before i mean you heal you feel yourself hit a rabbit like <laughs> my my one of the guys in my sh- uh one of my coworkers, he hit a dog a german shepherd two months ago going 45 miles an hour and it totaled his car <laughs> so, I mean, like uh yeah i mean there's no like oh i may have hit it i'm not certain though i didn't feel anything now you definitely feel something but i i agree it sounds like um It sounds like a really easy thing to make up.
2: I will give it this much, though, because I used to drive up that way a lot, and I drive a Tesla, and I do self-drive. Stop. So you're fine. You drive. If it sees something in front, it does this, like, crazy warning, and it's like, forward collision warning, and it stops the car, and it did Mm. that. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. It did that a lot in that area. So maybe it was a snarly ow. I don't know. I never saw anything (laughs) that Elon Musk did.
0: Ooh. Elon, my he's you. my wife's new escape does the same thing, but it did it the other day when uh there was a bicyclist in the bicycle lane, and he was really close to the oh, line, man. and it started just
2: going so off. Scary! I,
0: and I was just like, but it, they weren't even in front of the car. So yeah. honestly, like a bush on the yeah, side of the road so could so do sensitive. that. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Are there bushes on that road?
2: I think there trees, are, but perhaps? I also don't think that Elon Musk would ever do any wrong. So obviously, it's perfect <gasps> technology that works every time. I mean, come on,
0: get her Jeff. Definitely not your
2: <laughs>
3: transformer. Don't get me all fired up.
2: I want to get you all fired up, so you rap. Come on, Mom. Not rap.
3: It's not happening. Okay. Just put it weird. out of your mind. Your beard is weird. There'll be no rapping.
0: Stop yelling at the mic. <laughs>
3: oh <laughs> uh, that's funny <laughs> but I could go off on a tangent about Elon Musk but I'm not going to do that on this episode because it is n- has nothing to do with this episode
1: <laughs> very, very well,
0: very okay. well. <laughs> yes yes ready. he's the leader of the new world order we all know he is the transhuman
2: I had to get the mark of the beast to open my car so it's already happening <sighs> right here <Just> kidding <laughs> <laughs> it's under my bang.
1: <laughs> Moving on. I'm going right. to go.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Michael Zittle was born in present-day Ziddlestown, near Boonesboro, along the range of South Mountain of Maryland in 1798. Much of what we know of Zittle comes from documentation by way of a book called South Mountain Magic. Tales of Old Maryland by a woman by the name of Madeline Finton Walgreens.
2: Walgreens. Wawa.
1: Dahlgren. In 1882. In her book, she describes Michael Zittle as the wizard of South Mountain and the, quote, the high priest of all this evil practice. Zittle was a practitioner of dark arts and was known far and wide for his works. He came to be known by many titles, such as Sorcerer, Black Magic Wizard, Conjurer, Hexer, Spellcaster, and charm maker, as well as being known as openly practicing witchcraft, Satanism, and Demon Worship. Yet some of his closest friends and colleagues simply describe him as a faith healer. Ziddle never charged for his services, but eventually ended up publishing a book of spells for the easier, less serious spells that were commonly asked for by many people. Spells such as restoring stolen property and proceedings following a horse theft. The book was published in 1845 under the title A Friend in Need or Secret Science, and was the only way that Zittle was known to make money off of his services. But why are we talking about Michael Zittle? Well, it is thought that the Wizard of South Mountain was responsible for conjuring up a few different mythological creatures or spirits in the area. One of them, being the Snarly Yow. In our episode on the Snallygaster, we briefly dove into the history of the National Road and its possible influence on the birth of the Snallygaster. National Road runs directly through Zittlestown, Maryland, and at the time of its opening in 1849, it was common for travelers of the National Road to stop at the spring on the Zittle property to get a drink for themselves and their horses. During this time period, an extremely large black dog was known to scare the wits out of these travelers as if it were protecting the section of the road that the Zittles call home. Freshwater springs were important to life in that time, and it was the thought of the locals that Michael Zittle initially conjured up the snarly yow to protect his freshwater spring. So what do you guys think? That's all I have, by the way. That's the end of the episode.
3: That's interesting. So I do believe there is a such thing as magic right? I do not think anybody should practice magic personally, but I do believe it's a thing. And I also know that uh, water is an important aspect of that, right? Like springs or under, you know, like aquifers and all kinds of stuff, right? Like uh, natural formations of all kinds have something to do with like the geomancy, right? Like ley lines, all that good stuff. So the fact that some dude might've been performing some form of magic and it ties to a spring and it ties to these beings that could be otherworldly. I could buy that.
2: Absolutely. That's, that's dead on. And it's interesting her take on, because she was obviously very religious. She, you know, built this church, all of that. So her take on what the Zittles were doing and um, that that kind of magic is called like powwow. And it's pretty big around here and into like Pennsylvania. I don't know if you guys have ever covered the powwow murder, the Nelson Raymeier murder of the powwow folk healing guy. But a lot of their magic is really weirdly specific stuff like um, like getting stuff back and horse stuff. And like the, the big one is uh, to stop bleeding. There's like this thing that you say over the bleeding. Shh. He only does this when I'm talking. Um, but it's, it's very interesting that, to see how she discusses him and her perception of him from such a religious standpoint versus what everybody else felt about him because he did a lot of good in that community and um, helped a lot of people. Could he have conjured up a snarly yow? Probably. I think if anybody could, it was like his little his little tulpa moment. But I, I, I stand the wizards at all. He did nothing wrong. He's fine.
0: I agree with the magic statement. Definitely think that it's real to an extent. Um, I've heard of the whole, I think CJ talked about it, conjuring up something or willing something into existence and burning leaves, whatever type of leaves he said. Um, But like something happening on the other side of the universe and all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't buy that one bit. like at all, anyway. Um, but I, I definitely think that there is some extent that comes, uh, some sort of something that comes from demon worship and witchcraft and all that sort of stuff. Um, but that it's definitely not good. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know about the whole conjuring something into existence. I mean, I would imagine that with that sort of practice that the only thing you could bring out would be um, maybe the spirit of a dead person or a demon. Um, And for that, I have to reference back to biblical stuff. And once again, with like the last one, I don't recall there ever being a situation where an angel or a demon represented themselves in the form of an animal, though I don't think that it's entirely impossible. Um, and certainly the Bible doesn't include everything that's ever existed. Um, Yeah, interesting take, for sure. Um, Yeah, I don't know.
1: Like I said before, uh, in a previous Phantom Black Dog episode, I think that because of the sheer number of these Phantom Black Dog encounters and stories and folklore and everything, there's gotta be something there. Uh specifically the Snarly Yao, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, I think it's very interesting. I like the idea of Michael Zittle um creating it to protect his spring, although I, it does sound a little too romantic for me. Mm-hmm. Um as, you know, just kind of it's it's too woo, it's too sexy. You know, it's 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 it just, it just, I don't know, it just creates a, too nice of a story for it to be true, um, yeah. if that makes any it sense. It works
2: too well, and a lot of right. stuff got blamed on him. Um, so, like, because folk magic and, and that powwow magic incorporates a lot of elements of Christianity, a lot of people found it to be blasphemous. So there were, you know, the people that really liked him and then the people that were very offended. So I think he became a scapegoat for a lot of things in that area um, at the time.
1: Right on. So I'm I'm still up in the air, although I, like I said before, I, I think I'm leaning towards these phantom black dogs being a real phenomenon. Um, and the Snarly Yow is definitely one of these phantom black dogs. So, Sarah, before we uh, let go, what did I miss? Do you have anything else that you can add? I think that the... you
2: crushed it, honestly. Sadly, the Snarly Yow doesn't have as much coverage – um, from like the press, it's a lot more like really old timey stuff and then the occasional word of mouth. So it doesn't have the same, uh, you know, as as Jersey Devil and Sally Gaster and Sasquatch. You don't see a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's harder to find stories that aren't so over the top, ridiculous or so out there, don't have any real source. So it's it's a more difficult one to cover. But um, grouping it in with other black dogs was a good idea because it's it's definitely part of that and it was part of the folklore that was brought over by the settlers you know who came from england
1: now to finish off this the south mountain areas uh folklore trio i have to try to f- create an episode on duo and i i tried yeah already, and it's just not
2: there's there. not enough it's no, not it's really a um, bummer
0: i think uh i think a reason why it could have such less Popularity. I mean, this is the first time I've ever heard of it. Obviously, this is Maryland, but I lived in Virginia for 10 years and never heard of it, right? Mm-hmm. If I had seen a massive black dog or giant wolf or something like that in the woods, I would more than likely say I saw what I think I saw, which would be a giant black dog or a, a black wolf or something like that. I could see, I could look right at this thing and not think, Snarly Yow, mm-hmm. you know, because I've never heard <laughs> of it before. Mm-hmm. So maybe that name has just been somewhat lost to history right people still see the same thing but they don't refer to it as that so when you go look it up you only see these like you know all these people back then that called it the snarly yow um versus now where i agree you could say well it's in the black dog category Mm -hmm. because it is right it just has a specific name for a specific group of people or or a specific area or whatever it is you know
1: Mm -hmm. quick before we Let Sarah have the mic and let everybody know where they can find her. I want to go over real quick my sources. Um, The first book is, of course, Miss Madeline Dahlgren's South Mountain Magic. Uh, Awesome book. This was thanks to Sarah for pointing this out to me. Um, Another one that was recommended to me by Sarah for the the Snallygaster episode was The Mysteries and Lore of Western Maryland. By Susan Fair. Uh also a fantastic book. Uh there's not too much uh snarly yow in here, but it is mentioned.
2: You guys there's... really need to get Susan Fair on the show, by the way. She's an amazing guest.
1: Well, maybe next time you come on, you can bring her with you.
2: <laughs> I'll try.
1: <laughs> okay. And then uh the last but not least, uh George Dudding's Snarly Yao, uh, where he touches a little bit onto the Snally Gaster and the Duo. Um also Anything from George Dudding is a very good introduction to anything. Um, I have plenty of his books, and he does a very, very good job at introducing a topic to you before you do your deep dive. Uh, so, Sarah, you know, the, you know the thing. Do the thing where you tell everybody where they can find you <laughs> sure. and who you are and all that stuff.
2: Okay, uh, I'm Sarah Cooper, the owner of the Snallygaster Museum here in uh, Frederick. So, on Instagram, we are um, American Snallygaster Museum. We are snallygastermuseum.com on the internet. And I still have not put anything on my TikTok. So, I'm not even going to promote that.
1: <laughs> well, we just started our TikTok. I'm going to go ahead and put that out for Kenzar. because Kenzar is, is uh, spearheading our TikTok. Uh, look for us on TikTok. I don't know what we're called. Do, do you guys know what we're Infinite
3: rabbit hole pod,
0: I believe. Infinite rabbit I was gonna hole. It's going to say pod. something probably about infinite rabbit hole. If I had to put my finger on it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, infinite RH pod is, R- is H- our, our uh, thing. Yes, infinite RH pod, all one word. Check it out. We need a thousand followers so we can start going live. All right, so that has been our episode on this snarly yeah. How do you guys think we did? Leave us a comment and stop by our Facebook group. Remember when you go to facebook.com and you search Infinite Rabbit Hole, join both the white and the black logo. The white logo is our page where you can catch up on all the news, Infinite Rabbit Hole, and tag us in your posts, as well as the black logo, which is our group, which you can join in on the conversation and check out some of our really cool articles that we post and and all of the other travelers post as well as well as some authors and uh cryptozoologists and researchers and and the such right and then of course there's the the random every so often we get blessed with a conspiracy post by Jeffrey which is mm-hmm. always fun but he seems to always forget us but that's okay. <gasps> yeah, he he'll he'll post on the Shadow band podcast group all the time but us sometimes. Anyways. Do you guys have anything to say before we sign out?
0: Yeah, hit us up uh later and we'll we'll make Jeff do a uh, a rap and uh throw some sick beats behind it
1: while he's eating spaghetti.
0: While he's eating spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti.
1: <laughs> we will not be doing. That. Can you go to your mom and ask her for some spaghetti? No. Okay. Maybe
0: <laughs> and then rap about it.
1: And you need to wear a sweater.
0: Yeah. Just like that. Just wear what you're wearing now. Yes. You like this? Yeah. It's yeah, very thanks. very dark.
1: Well, we lost Sarah. Uh she had to go. Mr. Beef needed uh to take a nap. But uh always always a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you for joining us. Mm. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: um Until next time, travelers. This has been another Path on the Infinite Rabbit Hole. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.